everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Celtic View podcast. We're absolutely delighted to say we have Vegas superstar, Hollywood hero, your favourite detective, <laughs> Martin Comson, and Celtic superfan. Uh, and Martin, thank, thank you, you thank so much you, for joining mate. us. How are you? Well, I'm maybe stretched it's in Vegas and LA superstar, <laughs> but I'll take the favourite detective part. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant to, to have you in. Uh, what brings you back over? Ah, uh, see, I mean, I still have my home in Greenock, so I mean, that's that's always going to be home. But I, um, I did a, a wee sort of travel series called Scottish Fling um, on BBC Two, which did quite well last year, and uh, they've given us another series. So we're off to Norway at the weekend. Uh, we're off to Shetlands and then Norway, and then uh, start uh, filming the second. I've got an Amazon show called The Rig, um, which we film in Edinburgh, uh, which I'm, I'm delighted with. It's um, I'm really happy with it because it's like a, with these big streaming shows they can a lot of stuff can get lost but they really do put Scotland at the forefront of it you know in terms of the filming um, and all the material in terms of everything that goes with it and all the cast and crew so it's a bit it's, I mean it keeps a lot of people employment when we're working so and it's a wonderful cast so it's, a, it's actually a lot of fun to film you know these kind of big for anybody's not seen it ends with these big tidal waves and disaster hangs and you feel like a dafty like looking at these tennis balls and somebody saying there's a <laughs> there's a tidal wave coming but it can be a lot of fun when they're shaking sets and earthquakes and all that kind of thing going on so i'm looking forward to getting back to it that is true professional acting there when you're having to pretend that waves are coming and it's actually a tennis it's, ball you know what and it's hard and basically you're just doing these big big eyes and getting bigger and bigger um but it's, it's good fun and it's, but it's just hard sometimes because you then watch it on this massive screen Six months later, and you go, oh, that's, that's what, really, I was, what I was supposed to be looking at. <laughs> um, but they're, they're actually the, the special effects are good. They've got all these big wind machines and stuff that that come into it and try and help you get there as much as possible. But it it, it can be a laugh. Brilliant, yeah. Now fans might be wondering, might have heard you on the podcast before, and that's absolutely correct. But we're going to look back now, your early days supporting Celtic and the start of your your career as well. So just uh, talk us through your your early days, Greenock. Born and bred, always a Celtic fan. Aye, I mean, you don't... Uh, I say these things, uh, whatever, but I think with any football team, you don't really have a choice, do you? It's, um, so your dad supports, your brother supports, your granda supports, or your mate support. Um, so I've um, been a Celtic fan all my days. and um, But as I said, when we, we were coming through, you know, it was... The club was going through a, a big transition and, you know, it was really struggling. And at one point, we didn't know if we were going to be we're going to be exist much longer you know so it was still remember the old famous you know, the rebels have won you know on the doorstep and um but from then it's been in some ways being through that it really makes you appreciate where we are now because when i was growing up it was a martin o'neill era going into gordon strachan and there was a bit of to and fro between we'd maybe win a couple rangers would win one um, there's then a next generation of fans that grew up and all they seen was Celtic winning, winning, winning 10 of the last 11 league titles. wasn't really the same for you when you no, were growing up. No, <laughs> no, I mean, I remember vividly losing that cup final to Wraith Rovers and being heartbroken because we hadn't won any trophies. Um, it's just so strange to it's, think. It's, it's mad. And I that year, we, I think it was the same year we... Beating the Airdrie in the cup final was the biggest thing to happen to us, you know, as as my group of pals. You know, we hadn't seen Celtic win anything. And Big Pierre scored that header and it was like the greatest thing ever, you know. And it's still, you know, I mean, you don't get used to it. I think especially when we're going for trebles because they mean something every time. But I did, just the, the rate we win trophies these days, you know, it, you, you, you could get complacent. I don't think 
this team would let that happen, but even as a support. And it is wild to think, saying going from that losing cup finals to Wraith Rovers, beating Airdrie, just beating them in a cup final, to where we are now, it's, the, the shift is, is incredible. So who were your early Celtic heroes then? What players did you look up to? McStay, for sure. Paul and I mean I think I, if I'm remembering right he missed that penalty against that cup final yeah. and I was mere heartbroken for him I think because he was Celtic through and through Paul and he's a lovely man you know he sort of I think him and Tommy Burns sort of typified what it is to be a Celtic man you know good men generous men and just played the game with absolute flair and you feel that Paul could have I mean he's a maestro isn't he like he could have he could have played anywhere, you know, and he stayed with the club through some really dark times, and and that's a measure of the man. So he was he was a real hero, and you know, I'm playing playing a bit myself when I was younger. I was, I was always a kind of was, I mean, that's how old it was. I was a sweeper to begin with, <laughs> and then when that died out, I sort of became a holding midfielder. So players of that ilk, Lenny and Paul Lambert, and they were always proper heroes of mine. And of course, I mean, the Messiah, you know, Henrik, you know, it was that was just amazing to see like you were you were you were aware that we had a genuine world-class player in our team um and you were just praying each season we held on to him but it's, i think it's again it's a testament to him i think we got the best out of henrik and then he leaves us to go win the european cup with barcelona after i think he had his best years with us but that as you said that a new team again that 6-2 game was something really uh imprinted on my mind because that felt like a shift you know, that because it was typical Celtic as well, you know, after 98, you go, this is our time to kick on, and then you hear the arms been sacked or left, and you're like, what's happening? You know, I thought this was the, the start of our era, and then we kind of, you know, the other team probably spent a bit more than they should have um, and, and got themselves into a bit of bother subsequently. But again, it felt like we, when we should have been building momentum, we, we kind of lost it, and they kind of got away again. And then when Martin came in, it just felt, and it was probably a bit different for a for a Celtic team in terms of what we were used to, like seeing that passing game. They were a lot more direct, but you had you know Sutton and Hartson and Petrov and Yus and Mialbi and Big Bobo, you know, just battering people. And it's what we needed at that time. Um, and obviously, then the credible run to Seville, but again, the, the Juventus game here is some I'll never forget the four three game. You know, some really magic times because you were a pretty. Nifty footballer back in the, the day, like 20 right? years ago now, unfortunately, <laughs> aye, a long, well, long time ago. we're still seeing the, the soccer aids as well, aye, doing your bit. But uh, even that, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> hanging on. Was the dream to be a player? Oh, of course. I mean, if 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 there was any possibility that I could have played for Celtic, I would never have been an actor. But I've said this before, like, I don't think being aware of your limitations is a negative thing because it gets you to chase the stuff you're good at. And, you know, playing at Morton... Um, you know, and Morton's a great wee club. You know, it's when it does well, you feel like the whole of Greenock's doing well. You know, I played on and off there between boys' club and youth teams to, to first team for 10 years. Um, but I, I was kind of aware that's how far I was going to get, you know. And I mean, I'd have been probably long retired right now, and it was that was probably even a, an un, a more unstable uh, career than, than acting. And so, just it wasn't a, like it wasn't a conscious choice because I think when people think about it they said like I chose it over like I had like Superman lined up or like a a, a, a contract to sell it or something it wasn't it was literally I got offered another year at Morton or unemployed actor but I think I just had a feeling that I was when I was on sets and 
that I, kinda, I knew what I was doing. You know, I felt at home there and I was, I was pretty confident from an early age on film sets and on TV sets and kind of, yeah, I didn't feel out of place, you know, and I, 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 from being that, I kind of had bigger visions of a, of a career there, you know, and I've always liked writing, you know, that's something I've always done and I've always had ambitions to produce and all that kind of thing. So it, in that sense, it became an easy, an easy decision, but and, and then in a weird way, through doing that, I've got to play at Parkhead three times. Yeah. You know, the Stan Petrov game is something I'll never forget. You know, just the kind of love that was in the stadium that day for Stan, you know, and everything he'd been through. But to be on the pitch for the You'll Never Walk Alone, and I've been in the stand for that so many times, but to to be in the middle of the park and look up and, and see it around you and look at your seat and where your pals and that were sitting, that was, yeah, that was epic. Obviously, you're such a massive Celtic fan, but I always find it interesting when you get to that sort of 15, 16, 17 and you're going to games home and away and you get to the stage where you need to start working and then you aye. maybe can't attend games. Do you aye. remember that oh, period aye, aye. having to miss games? I, the, 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 as well, that was my thing going to the games because my season book, but it was another thing like I was trying to stay in and play junior. Yeah. And your games are, are like even my, my pals right now, like are still some of them are still playing junior and, and managing junior and... And that's a big thing for them every weekend. It's like, do you still keep in playing or do you, do you go watch? And at that young age, you still want to play as much as you can. But I've, I've been... I, what, I love going away with the team in Europe. That's... I, that's memories. That's, well, I mean, our record doesn't have great at times, yeah, sure. let's be honest. But I was at the... Um, from one of my, 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 de- my first decent paychecks, uh, I took my brother and my dad to Barcelona away and it was uh, the game by Hartson scored and we got a 1-1 draw. Um, so the, things like that are really special when you can get involved because we're not, I mean, maybe it's a guy thing and not just a West Coast of Scotland thing, but we're not the most probably open with our feelings, you know, and thinking, but, you know, you'll be hugging your dad and your brother and your pals at the game, you know, yeah. when a goal goes in, sort of all that, all their kind of preconceptions of trying to be a, a guy and don't show any feelings or emotions go out the window, you know, when Celtic score. Yeah. So uh, talking about your career then as an actor, how did it actually all start is it true so like sweet 16 was the first kind of big hit for you mm-hmm. had you done any acting before that bits and bobs just at school i just and I, hopefully it's changing but it's it's not something you would do if you're where i was from you know working class boy if you're getting up and i think that 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 could be repeated across the uk or wherever else it wasn't something really you felt it was a genuine path you know but i had some great teachers um who always encouraged me to write and always what maybe in the school plays and they'd ask me to read Macbeth and stuff when we were doing it um and then just um, Gary Harkins, um, who Gary had a, a really good career with um, Kilmarnock and actually, was, so, it, was yeah. it, did, did they beat us in the final when Gary played? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, and Gary well, played yeah. that game. <laughs> um, but Gary's dad, Joe, was also our school football coach and um, he just said to us, look, I'd saw, I'd saw by accident, I'd, I'd always saw Kess, my dad loved Kess, and I saw My Name is Joe uh, the year before Phil my I still adore it, but it just changed my mind. We had actually, I saw it by accident because I would never saw people who spoke like me on a big screen. And I didn't know we could be on a big screen. And I was like, I, I know those characters, I know those people, I know that how I can connect with them. And then Gary's dad came to me and said, look, they're holding these, these auditions at the school and they've been talking about the kind of kid they're looking for. And he says, I think it's you. Um, and I, I says, well, who is it? He says, it's the guy who did Kess and My Name is Joe. And just my eyes lit up. And then, yeah, I just felt, again, it's, I mean, these, maybe these things are predestined or whatever, because I, I'm pretty sure 
if Ken Loach wasn't casting at that at that point, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you right now. But like even from the first edition, I mean, because again, people think that there's this idea like he was walking along the street and went, you. I mean, I had like five or six editions to get it. You know, I had to work to get it. I had to work just to meet Ken. But from from the first one, I felt I felt pretty confident. You know, I think, and they were lovely, and they're still there's still people I, I stay in touch with now. You know, they've they've been a massive influence in my career and um, just a social conscience and all that kind of thing. But yeah, just from the off, I, I just kind of felt this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you must have found then a real love and passion for it straight from the off. Well, I I mean, but I, I think a lot of kids. You're always in your head, aren't you? You're always playing cops and robbers, or I just did for, for get paid for it now. You know, it's I was I was obsessed by Indiana Jones growing up. You know, and but it's the whole thing about that. It was the it's the costume, it's the hat, it's the whip, it's the music. You know, it's the I still that I just watch on repeat on Indiana Jones. There's a scene in the first one where he when he's in the water and they're going, whereas in the, the Nazis are going in the submarine and you go look up and he climbs the submarine and da 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 and he comes on and he's wandered about and I just watch that on repeat, you know, and and if you're in another kind of, maybe another environment, you'd go, this is what I want to do. I just never thought I could. Um, but yeah, as I said, I, I hope that's changing, but it's just, it, I, I love the whole everything around it you know it's not just the, the acting element of it, it says I, I love the writing I love the cinematography I love I love the music I love everything that comes because when you see all of it coming together it's it, it really is wonderful to see what what a team effort is I just did um a show called uh, Mayflies with with uh Tony Curran another big big Celtic man and to see Tony's performance in that but that's to see the the genesis of that so it's an amazing book that leads to an amazing script to getting it cast, to getting it shot, to getting the, the music and the strings coming on. And when you see all that come together, you know, it is, it's, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling. If Harrison Ford ever puts a hat away, I'm putting your oh, hat in the no, ring see, for it. Oh, no, that's the thing as well. I wouldn't even want, you would not, you would not want to see, there's a couple of things you don't want to see behind the magic. And I, because I resisted for a long time, the still Game Boys were trying to get me to pop up and do a bit for a long time, but I love it that much that I don't want to see them putting their makeup on. I don't want to see Indiana Jones put his hat on the morning. For me, that I still want that to be real. And I did a cameo for the boys when it was the last yeah. the last series. But aye, it's bizarre when you're seeing Jack and Victor and one of them's got a vape. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you're like, what's happening? <laughs> but your your career then really starts to take off after Sweet 16. One of my favourite films that you were involved in was uh, Damned United. Absolutely loved that film. It must have been amazing as well to be part of a story that you probably knew so much about and to, to try and put your football skills to the test. Well, it was funny because I, I thought I blew the addition of that because right. uh, the director, Tom Hooper, is quite, a, quite an intense guy. Okay. And, and he said to me during the, the audition, he says, what you need to remember, Martin, is this Leeds team were the most successful team of their era? And I went, no, they weren't. <laughs> and he said, Celtic the most successful team of that era. And, and he wasn't a football guy. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, we, we beat them. We put them out the European Cup. They never won the European Cup. We we won it, and it was quite. Yeah, he, he doesn't give much away, and he kind of didn't. He didn't seem happy about that. So I really thought I'd blow the audition, but I was like, I can't. You can't let like history be <laughs> oh, yeah. rewritten, you know. Um, Stand up for joke. But as well, they've got such a, especially. I mean, in in those days, those teams were dominated by Scots. You know, Billy Bremner at Leeds. You know, and John O'Hare, who I played. You know, and John McGovern. You know, went on to win European Cups with with Forest. You know, so it was a huge Scottish connection. So, and as well, like 
being completely honest, that we, part of that film, we're mainly Michael Sheen, who's phenomenal in it as Clough, and he's a wonderful actor, lovely guy. It was amazing, like a young, sort of like being an apprentice, as it were, like watching him do his thing, but there was basically like 10 or 12 of us who were sort of glorified extras and who were in the hotel just partying for two months. <laughs> it was great fun. And Stephen Graham, um, who's, again, another reason I... There's probably Stephen Graham, Peter Mullen, and James McAvoy are, are three people I really, really look up to. So to to spend that time with Stephen, see how he goes about his work and how he carries himself as a person was that was amazing. And what probably you're most known for nowadays is, of course, the amazing success of Line of Duty. Yeah. I mean, did you think it was going to take off the way that it did? did no, you get, no, no. Um, I knew it was good, like because the scripts were really good and and the cast at Wells. I'm not saying I'm in it, but the um, the cast sort of really strong indie actors, probably people you would never have thought to lead a BBC show. So, but in that, I thought it might be a bit boutique, like it'll get good reviews, but not how many people watching it. And we were also, I think we were on during the Olympics, so you thought we're just going to get lost here, and. It just kind of went from strength to strength, and it's it's been amazing to see every every series you're kind of waiting on the dip. But we've literally year on year got bigger and bigger and bigger, and I think I think last year was the biggest drama of the century. Now, which to see where we started from, you know, we were getting sort of three million a week to end up on 15, 16 million, I think it was is it's been sensational. It's hard, but I think also part of that has been because it's been a slow build. You know, I think starting on BBC Two. Because um, a lot of people would say, a, a lot of the purists would say, like the earlier series are their more favourite. But I think because we could be a lot more subtle with it. But once you you change to BBC One uh, on series four, you know there's a lot more bangs and explosions. And but also people, it gets a bit more sort of out there, you know, and it becomes more about the action than the story. But that's just the evolution of it, you know. And I'm I'm very proud that that's that's the way it went. And you are reaching a, a much much wider audience um but no i'm just they're like eddie and vicky especially you know and big craig they're, they're, they're genuinely my my best pals you know and we've spent over um 10 years working together now you know i'm i'm 40 next year and vicky's got the same birthday actually she's because it's her birthday our birthday this weekend and she's turning 40 um which i reminded her of last <laughs> night um but we were we we're mid-20s when i think when we started it in terms of like you know you take you take breaks in between series you know i think so it's been it's become a huge huge part of my life and um, yeah I'm I'm really because I think people can get too obsessed as well with trying to get away from characters and I've got lovely management in America who tell me every year this has to be your last one you have to get out of it but I'm really proud of the show and if it's the best thing I ever do so be it you know I, I like that people take it to their hearts you know I like that people shout lines from the show at me in the street you know it's that's what you strive for when you start to make something like that. That's what you dream of. So I think when people achieve it, what the what they started out for, because I'm quite competitive, um, and there was a number in my head because that I that I knew we had to get to 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 sort of pass a a milestone of sort of other shows that we'd we'd be in the bracket of. And I'd say to all the guys that like, we're getting tattoos if we get to twelve million, um, and yeah, we and we broke that by a, a few million so we're, I think we're all waiting on these AC 12 million tattoos <laughs> that's brilliant I think though the, the incredible thing with the show and the success of it is that in today's era when television shows come on you have on demand you have everything 
a lot of time people aren't watching down to potentially watch the show at that given yeah. time. But it really brought back that live event aspect telly, of yeah. television. Yeah, exactly. Event, yeah. Where everyone's watching at the same time. You can't go on social media any time after it because then you know who's what's happened. And, and it's, it's it's quite difficult, that. Um, because everything is also... Like, TV's changed. And we got such a... We actually had a real sweet spot in that. I think by the time we got to Series 3, that's when... Streaming was really taken off, so iPlayer was. So when we were getting a new audience of Series 3, they could go back and watch, you know, 1 and 2 on iPlayer, which they couldn't have done before. So we, we, we kept getting new legions of fans for other things. But you're right, it's it's a very rare thing now to have sort of everybody. Like I, we were filming in Edinburgh at the time of the last series for, for episode, I think, and we'd split it into seven episodes that year. I had to go out a walk. It was too much, and, it, and the streets were empty, and you could see, like, it was like banners, and there was people's, and we're walking by pubs, and there was big screens for people watching it, and I was like, what if people don't like it? You know, you can get, you get really, it is, when you feel like, it's an amazing feeling, and a terrifying feeling, to feel like you've got the whole nation hooked, and because it very rarely happens, as you say, in this world of binging, and binging has its place, and also, people consume telly different, you know, they, they've got one night they can watch it, so they'll battle through three, but... Line of Duty especially is something we will never, we will never, if we do another one, we'll always keep it one at a time because it is, it's the theories and, you know, and it builds the momentum and the speculation of what's going to happen. I'll tell you what I love about your acting career is that any time you go in a production, you always seem to drag a couple of people with you to become Celtic fans. <laughs> do you make a real conscious effort to do that? Um, kind of, probably more so when I was younger, but weirdly it happens now more naturally. It's just because... Like, more often than not, there'll be a game on, you know, and, like, I'll be going to watch the game and people are going, where are you going? And I usually, um, yeah, because I've saw so many memes, and I don't think Vicky meant it. Like, I, as rap gifts, I got Vicky and Adrian last uh, last series, um, Select Tops with AC12 on the back. And she just, she just did this video of her, of her dancing, like, because she, when she'd rapped and she was just happy, she just happened to have that Celtic tap on. And the amount of videos I've seen with remixes with Celtic songs in the background, and she can't quite get her head around it. She's like, well, a lot of these people love me, and then there's another lot of people who seem to hate me. And I'm like, welcome to the world. Yeah. That's welcome how it works up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, again, it's not, I don't, I think it is just natural because you, your, your natural enthusiasm and, and love for the club sort of just rub off on people. And, and more often than not, if it's in the UK, with the crew or whatnot, there'll be more Celtic fans on the crew and there'll be Rangers fans or whatever and you always get a bit of banter and all that kind of stuff but um, no, definitely it just becomes, especially if there's a game on, it just becomes actually everything what everybody's talking about. Well, your career means you can't always get to Celtic Park all the time. You must still have some amazing memories of watching Celtic games and production sets and celebrating. Yeah, there was one particularly, I think I was filming The Nest um, and we had quite, quite a blue nose, like, Top lads, top, top <laughs> lads, but quite a Blue Nose crew. Um, and I think it was weird because the cast was, was Celtic fans and I think a lot of the crew were Blue Nose. And if you remember that cup final with the, I think it was like, I think it was um, uh, Big Julian scored that one and just somebody yes. got sent off, didn't he? Like yeah. we were down to 10 men. Ping-pong. And they thought, I remember because it went to one each and they, like, they thought this is our time and you could see them all. And it was just, I remember just laughing going like, <laughs> these are never going to beat us. I mean, obviously they had that. But that had that feeling at that time. Again, it's back to that because obviously, obviously after the, the COVID season when, you know, they went on, to fair play, I'm like an amazing run to win the league. But 
that time just felt again like whatever happens, we, we'll find a way. And you've been watching a lot of games now in, in the States. How long have you been over there now? Uh, we've had the place there. See, my wife's from yeah. Excuse me, my wife's from Las Vegas, so we have the place there. So with a place in LA, actually, I kind of, in some ways, it's a lot easier. But when in LA, um, there was a, there's a pub called Jocks or Dailies where we all used to meet, and it was great fun because. But also, it's, it's changed a wee bit um, now with streaming, and people can watch it in their in their houses. Maybe a lot of people, whereas at first, it was the only place to watch it. So like four o'clock, Hamilton to Ham, the place would be packed. Um, and it was, you know what, also socially it was fantastic because you'd go there and I didn't, I didn't know a lot of people. Um, and Ross McCall, uh, a lovely, lovely actor, great Celtic fan, one of my great friends now. I met Ross and Jocks Dailies watching a Celtic pub and then after a couple of weeks when I'm looking for a place and, and he says, well, next door to me is free and I end up, end up next door neighbours. You know, that's... That's how you make these connections, and I feel that even when I was younger, when I'd go to all these places where I'd be filming in Rome or something, I'd, I'd, I'd find a Celtic pub, and then you'd get a bit of chat with somebody, and so just the whole social aspect as well becomes huge, especially when you're living abroad. Have you roped in any big Hollywood stars to come watch games with you at four in the morning? No, no, I think the one, the last one I took after the, I think it was Series 5 of Line of Duty, I took Stephen Graham over with me. Stephen flew over, um, and that was a, that was a, Picked a good game. We, I think it was when Hearts started the league and Hearts were top, yeah. and we played them and we I think we beat them five one and the stadium was rocking and we were all doing the huddle and I could just see his wee face. He was like, "What is this all about?" And no, he's like, "That is it like this every week." You're like, "Aye." <laughs> um, so he's he's definitely got a soft spot for us now and and always try and phone everybody, especially when there's a my phone goes a bit when there's a foundation game on, you know. And then I got a lot of them get in touch with me, see if they can get a kick of it. You know what I love as well? See, after a, a big game, there's always something doing the rounds and maybe your wife sharing something about the, your ring doorbell and you coming in <laughs> after a, a good celebration. That, always good that thing was the bane of my life because at first <laughs> I didn't I didn't realise how that worked when, when she got it. Like, I just thought it was like a security camera. I didn't know she could download it. And it was, I think it was after we'd won, just won the treble and she was away working in LA and I told her. So I'd been out most of So we'd stayed up. I think I went... I, it was me and my pal Gianni. We got up about 12 um, and then went up to watch the game and then just says, like, we can't go to bed now. We've got to keep going. Um, so I, t- I so and then I just got a text from her saying, um, do, you have a, do you have a good night last night? I went, aye, aye. And I said, I've watched the game, went home, babe. All very, very quiet. And she never said it. She just hung up and sent me that video of me falling through the hedge. And I was like, oh, no, man. Um, so it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Did she not comment on it that you went out with a Celtic top on and you Aye, came back no, with <laughs> So our other neighbour Dave. So I gave it. I gave. So Dave. Um, Dave's from the south. Uh, a big southern. Uh, south, um, I think it's be Georgia. And so he was Johnny's neighbour and a, a good good lad. And so we're getting him into it. And he's like, "What's this thing he's watched? Why is he getting up?" So we watched the game and he ended up getting into it. And I went, "Here's your first hoop stop, mate." And so I had his we his we. T-shirt on the way back, but that's what you're worried because she's like, "Why well, you got different clothes on?" You know what I mean? She started questioning. I'm like, "No, Dave's got my Celtic top." But it's amazing that you can you're living the complete other side of the world, and you've still got that connection to your home because of a football club. And we were talking off camera about you staying in Vegas and going to conventions. And when those happen, you know, Celtic fans just take over a place like Las Vegas. Aye. It's incredible. Like the, aye, I mean, it's it's. I think even more so when you're a, you cling on to things that 
you know, to have a resonance for you in terms of like who you are and your identity. I think, you know, I really encourage anybody in terms of their job, if they can get out and see the world, visit as many places as you can, absorb as much culture as you can, culture as you can. Um, but I think as you get older, that doing all those different things sort of really hits home to you what what's important to you, you know, and you know, Scotland's my home, you know, Greenock's my town and Celtic's my team and there's and it's something that will never ever change. Martin, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Keep on celebrating. <laughs> we keep wanting to see those ring doorbell videos. <laughs>